Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Mozi Shabbos. I know I got a whole bunch of uh, feedback that the podcast didn't work. I have no idea why that is. I tried to send one out yesterday morning, Friday morning at 9 o'clock, and for some reason I got lost. I don't know why. And then I redid it later in the day after I had electronic problems, and I sent it out again. I redid it at 5 o'clock, and again it got lost. It wasn't by share. And uh, my good friend in Florida, in Boca, by sponsor Zev Radin, says, where is it, what's the title mean, all the rest of it, so in his honor, in honor of Dr. and Mrs. Raiden, down in Florida, I'm going to say over very, very briefly, because it's late mostly Shabbos, and the parsha is already over, but nevertheless, since I sent out the title, I just want to, for, especially for his sake, to clarify what's going on. Parshas Roshana that we read today, obviously talks about Moshe Rabbeinu pleading to be allowed to go back into Israel, and Hashem says no. I know, I know, if you're a regular rabbi, you give a speech about the four Arabs that weren't allowed in Israel this week. I'll leave that for the pulpiteers. But for the uh, Parshish Veshanon, uh, there's a Moshe Rabbeinu uh, pleads on his behalf. Notice, by the way, the Jewish people don't plead. As an example of extreme ingratitude, Moshe says later on, very bitterly, how come I daven for you and you don't daven for me? I spoke about this in my shoulder this morning, actually, uh, because it wasn't on a podcast. It didn't come out. And, uh, you know, uh, as Moshe says, one guy can save 600,000 because I pleaded on your behalf at the time of the golden calf and at the time of the Moraga, and God said, I'm going to kill them all. And Moshe Davin, meaning he pleaded, and he used all kind of lawyer tactics. Zachor Lav Rabbi remember that? Or Mayim Hagayim, remember that? So now Moshe's on his own. And the Jewish people are pleading for him, and he's pleading for himself. And the there's a minister, there's a Chazal, which says, that Moshe prepared 515 uh, pleas, prayers. The, the Gematria of Oshanan. So again, that's the Medeshava. And uh, not Stama Gematria in the Velterine. So, um, I can under- understand that to mean that Moshe is, is, is pleading the case of his life for himself, and he prepared 515 distinct arguments to offer, like a lawyer would offer a judge, you know, what about this? What about that? On the other hand, there's also a, the, uh, they say, uh, I don't know if it's a menace or not, that in point of fact, God did not permit him to deliver all 515 arguments that he prepared. But God stopped him at 252. In other words, more or less halfway through. Instead of giving 515 arguments, legal arguments or, or uh, lawyer arguments on his own behalf, God told him to stop after he heard argument number 252. Where did he get that from? Rav Loch. Moshe said, And Hashem said back to me, Rav Loch, stop already. Stop talking, I don't want to hear anymore. So the judge closed the case down. So that means, if you follow that, because Rav Loch is Reish Beis and Lama Nechav, if you count them all, it becomes a 252. So as I say before, Moshe got about halfway through. Now, uh, what were those arguments? Right? I don't know. How can I know? 
I wasn't there, and there's no Chazal that I'm aware of, or even Zohar or whatever, that says what those 252 arguments are. However, in the 17th century, in the golden age of the Jews in Poland, there was a famous rabbi, Nelson Shapiro in Krakow, and who, who, who lived at the right time. He lived in Poland and flourished. And he was like the Rosh Hashiva or something like that in Krakow. In the good days, you know, like I've spoken about before, when the Jews had it good in Poland. And, uh, and he wrote the Megala Amukos. Maybe you've heard of it. Some have, some haven't. He's supposed to have been a big common chacham and a heavy-duty uh, makobol and so forth. And uh, they say on his gravestone that he spoke well Leon Novi. Basically, I, you know, he's it, a big guy. And he wrote a very safe, famous sefer, a very, very famous sefer called Megal Amugas. One of the Parsha and Kabbalah, and that's one of the great Kabbalistic books. Now, he wrote in two parts, A and B. The first part is on Vaishanon, and B is on the rest of the Chumash. Uh, what is on Vaishanon? He undertakes to tell you what those 252 arguments are. You understand? That's the safer. He, he says, you know, this is Moshe Rabbeinu's plea number one. This is Moshe Rabbeinu's plea number two. 252 distinct, separate um, pleas or arguments, I mean lawyer arguments, you know, uh, intellectual arguments that Moshe makes on his own behalf. Now, as I mentioned, you can, I don't have a Megalomachus, it's an old safer. It's around, you know, here and there. I see it once in a while. And I looked it up yesterday for a podcast on, online in the Hebrew books. But it's one of those chicken scratch old editions from, you know, uh, 1600s. That is a pain in the neck to read. And I do know somebody in town, uh, Moshe Wolfish, who has a copy, but I wasn't around. And anyway, wasn't going chasing after him. It's not a safer value. I, I would buy it if I saw it, but it so happens I never had it. However, I went online and I saw, you know, when you Google here and there, so I saw to my uh, surprise and delight, if you go on Safari, Right? Yeah, that is. I never go, but if you look on Safari, there's a son of a gun. You can do a Megala Mucus in English, and he's got the whole business. There's a whole page of 252 squares. And if you hit on each square, it's a, he gives you the text. You understand? He gives you the argument. Uh, I'm just picking at random over here. Min ha yadu ashe Moshe hu Moshech ben David akil v'shil gematri Moshe. Moshe gan ken yisod. So he's going over here by the fact that Ratsa Moshe obeys Mashiach and Bismano. Moshe want to have two types of Mashiach. You know, the first Mashiach himself and the next Mashiach, the one we're all waiting for. Meaning it's a Kabbalistic type of art. I remember the first one is Gilgal's and Moshe I have to get into Israel because of Gilgal purpose. My favorite happens to be number, argument number 52 in which he says, only in Israel will I be un- understand the Nakudos. You understand? Uh, I, it, uh, Moshe Benu, after all, knows the Torah better than anybody else, obviously. He's the one who got the Torah. Um... Uh, but <laughs> when he gets over here, uh, he says, I understand every single aspect of the Torah. Who didn't besides him? And uh, I understand even the letters and the tagin, you know, and why the Aleph looks like the Aleph and the Bays looks like the Bays. And all those things that they say Rabbi Kiva was, uh, you know, dashing tili, tilin shalochas and kutzel shalyud, that whole business. And Moshe says that, uh, you know, therefore... I know call it Torah, but I'll tell you what I don't know. I don't know the kudos. Right? I kid you not. This is like made for David Katz over here. I didn't know, I didn't know the kudos. And only when you get to Eretz Yisrael did he feel he would be able to be Zocher to understand the meaning of the Komats and the Patach and all that stuff. Right? Isn't that, isn't that remarkable? Right? It's remarkable. So apparently the highest 
I mean, if you go by that, this is Megal Mukas talking. It's not me. It's not my word. It's his word. If you go by that, then the uh, super secret secrets, the the sodos, sodos of the Torah, um, are contained in the kudos. The, re- the rest of the Torah is like the letters and the meaning of the letters. That's also important. <laughs> that's Arucha Me'eretz 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 and it's deeper than the Yom. The, the Torah is full of endless stuff. But the Nakudas, you need not only to get it from God, but you also have to be in Eretz Yisrael so that the Avir, the Ara is Machim, you know. So all I'm saying is that's the meaning of the fact that he, he offered 252 separate uh, tefillos. Uh, he wasn't allowed to offer more, which of course always leads to the question, why not? Was it that God was sick and tired of listening to him? Was it that Hashem and his mind and nothing you could say would matter? In that case, why did he stop after 252? Or does it mean, and this is a very nice shot, I, think I always call it Hasidic shot. Uh, Hashem's like, if you keep talking, I will not be able to hold out. This is Hashem. He said, if you keep talking, I'll have to give in to you uh, because you're too eloquent and I don't want to give in to you. I have my reasons why I want you to die in the desert. And therefore, I'm telling you, uh, anyway, I just wanted to share that part. I actually had more to talk about in the Parsha, but uh, that's over. But this uh, Nakud over here, anybody of you who wishes to, you can hit Megal Amukot, M-A-G-A-L-E-H, you know, Amukot, on the uh, Safaria. And uh, you can, if you are so inclined, you can read the Hebrew and the Aramaic, you can see what one of the most famous Mekabalim, one of the famous Rabbanim in Polish Jewish history, in the Golden Age of Poland, offered as what he suggests are the 252 arguments tragically offered by Moshe Rabbeinu and tragically declined. Anyway, with that, I'll say, have a good vach. Regards to Zeb and everybody down there in Florida. And I hope this, this one I'm doing right now doesn't fall through the way the others do. Have a good vach. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.